doing welcome to the teaching ministry of Nelson Ihiagwa. Be stirred as you listen. Um, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your words. Thank you for the truth. Lord, as we are about to share your word, we know that our heart will be stirred by this truth. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Turn your Bible with me. Turn your Bible with me. But before you turn your Bible, let me start from this. Let me start from this. You see, I want to teach you a message titled, Shake Yourself. I know it sounds motivational, right? But by the end, we'll know the difference. Shake Yourself. That's what I want to talk about tonight. Um, let me say this first. If you think prayer is about what you get, what you can get, or you think stay is all about having your needs met, you've missed the point. If you think prayer is all about what you can get, is all. If you think prayer is primarily about what you can get, and then the, this platform stay is about having your needs met by the power of God, you've missed the point. You've missed the point. If that's what you think this is all about, you've missed the point. Because the truth of the matter is this. The truth of the matter is this. Jesus is no Arushi. A lot of people don't know who that is. For those outside the country that are going to listen to this message, Arushi is an idol that is known in the eastern part of Nigeria. So Jesus is no Arushi. And prayer is not a charm. Prayer is not a charm. Jesus is not an idol. The main focus of prayer, in quote, is not having your needs met. And the main focus of prayer, the main focus of Jesus is not having your needs met. And the main focus of prayer is not getting your needs to be met. Prayer is not an amulet you tie and you wave anytime you need protection. No, 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 no. Prayer is a relationship that the believer has with the Father. It is a privilege that the believer has this with the Father. Anyone can even pray to the Lord. How be it for the believer? Prayer is not just about getting things. Prayer is about fellowshipping with this God. I mean, you see, the um, people of various faiths pray. And we believers, we also pray as well. But one thing for us is prayer is not just about what we can get. Better, like you've heard me say over and again that I, I said my pastor... Spiritual Father, Pastor Emmanuel, even has said this. Better is what prayer can do in you than what prayer can do for you. A lot of people have become infantile. They become infants in Christianity because they've stopped at the level of asking God for things. When they come, and They've stopped at the level of prayer being just for things. They've stopped at the level of prayer being just for things. Listen, child of God, if prayer is all about what you can get, then you've missed the point of prayer. If prayer is all about what you can get, then you've missed the point of prayer. Let me say that again. If prayer is all about what you can get, then you've missed the point of prayer. Because the goal of prayer is fellowship with the Father, and in fellowship with the Father, this man that fellowships is going to be changed. In Isaiah 6, Isaiah had an encounter and the train of the Lord filled the temple. And when Isaiah had that when Isaiah had that encounter, one thing Isaiah knew was he knew that he was a man of uncleanness. And he the glory of God changed him. And then as the glory of God did that, Isaiah now realized, 
Isaiah realized that an Isaiah could not but get better because that is what a man that consistently interfaces with the glory of God does. A man that consistently interfaces with the glory of God always gets better. A man that consistently interfaces with the glory of God cannot be held down by character flaws for too long. A man, you know, my pastor said this, a man who prays consistently will not be in error for too long. And it is the truth. Now that is talking of character error. Character error. A man who prays consistently will not be held in character error for too long. For too long. Why? Because a man who consistently interfaces with, with glory will be changed. He, his mortality will keep giving way to the immortality that is at work in his spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let me say that again. If you think prayer is about what you can get, or you think stay is about having your needs met primarily, or having your problems solved, you've missed the point. You've missed the point. Jesus is not an idol, neither is prayer a champ. Glory to God. All right, let me just share a few things and then, you know, we'll bask in the miracles that the Lord will make available to us tonight. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, ketele mando robo sheke bradi veleke tuzie eruta kandele bozoke dia. That chest pain is gone now. That chest pain is gone in the name of Jesus. That chest pain, gone in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. All right. So I want to quickly explain two theological terms, you know, as seen in the Bible. And I've met a couple of people who don't really understand the difference. And that is what we're going to bask in tonight. And that's what we're going to focus on tonight. The theme of this day is stir up. And yesterday, we spent a lot of time stirring ourselves up. So... Um, we're going to look at a few things, two things. I want to look at what it means to have the spirit within and what it means to have the spirit upon. You know, the spirit within and the spirit upon. The spirit within and the spirit upon. Praise Jesus. So look, go with me. Um, let's start from this. What exactly does it mean to have the spirit upon? All right. What does it mean to have the spirit upon? First Samuel 10. 1 Samuel 10, from verse 6. 1 Samuel 10, from verse 6. 1 Samuel 10, from verse 6. Look at this. It says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. This is um, Samuel talking to Saul now. And he said, And thou shalt prophesy. Kabakabagadiyash. And thou shalt prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. So this is Samuel speaking to Saul. He said that the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you, and you will prophesy with this company of prophets that you are going to meet. And then you will be turned to another man. Not because of any other thing, but because the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. But because the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. So the spirit of the Lord will come upon Saul and Saul will prophesy. And then Saul will be turned to another man. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. It says, And when they, and when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. And the spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied. Go to Judges chapter 4. We're just going to look at a few verses 
and then see what um, um, the spirit coming upon means. Judges chapter 14. Judges chapter 14. Hallelujah. Makiato jede kebranda libede bekosa biata lavana kaso soko predish. Verse 6. Judges 14 verse 6. Are you there? Look at this. It says, Then went Samson down. I'm reading from verse 5 now. It says, Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. It says, And behold, a young lion roared against him. It says, And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he rent him that he tore the lion as he would rent a kid that's a baby goat and he had nothing in his hand he had nothing in his hand but he told not his father and his mother what he had done what does this mean he says that the spirit of the lord came upon samson and when the spirit of the lord came upon samson samson divided the lion into two samson divided the lion into two that's what this is telling us all right so um let's read on one more verse go to verse 15 chapter 15 rather judges chapter 15 verse 14 verse 14 it says and when he came upon lehi or lehi i don't know the, the, the pronunciation he says the philistines shouted against him and the spirit of the lord came mightily upon him and the cords that were upon him became as flax that was burnt with fire and his bands loosed from his hands you know verse 15 and he found a new jawbone of an ass and put he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand took it and slew a thousand men therewith and Samson said with the jawbone of an ass heaps upon heaps with the jawbone of an ass have I slain a thousand men what am I trying to say every time you see what it means to be every time you see what it means for the spirit of the lord to come upon a man you know you can check more on this in the old testament every time you see that the spirit of god comes upon a man the spirit of god did not just come upon demand for the spirit for the sake of coming upon the man the spirit of the lord came upon a man for the sake of doing so when the spirit of the lord came upon a man the spirit of the lord came upon a man with ability are you with me the spirit of the lord came upon a man with ability so you need to understand this let me let me say this statement the re revelation is the primary language of the new testament while explanation or description is the primary language of the old testament let me say that again revelation is the primary language of the new testament while explanation and description is the language of the old testament so whenever they said that the spirit of the lord came upon a man it they were trying to describe something that a man did by the ability of that spirit you know i heard someone try to explain the spirit of god it may not be the best way to put it but you know um he said that the spirit of the lord is the doing arm of god the spirit of the lord is the doing arm of god so you see whenever you saw the spirit of the lord in action there was a reason whenever you saw the spirit of the lord upon a man there was a there was an ability there was a focus but for the point of that man doing whatever he did the spirit of the lord came upon men for the sake of an assignment 
Praise Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord came upon men for the sake of an assignment. Now you see, the Bible says, And Samuel anointed David, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day. Praise Jesus. It says, The Spirit of the Lord came, the Samuel anointed David, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day. Can I, can I say something? If you have family, friends, if you have people, tell them to tune in. Tell them to tune in. Tell them to tune in. This teaching is important. This teaching is important. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord came upon men for the sake of ability, for the sake of what they were to do. For the sake of what they were to do. That is why the Spirit came upon men. Now, look at... Um, look at... John chapter let me let's now look at something called the spirit within we've described the spirit upon but let's now look at the spirit within you know the spirit within John chapter 14 John chapter 14 now this is Jesus speaking let's look at from verse 16 he says and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever jesus speaking now said even the spirit of truth now that evil is not saying okay evil is that evil is actually um, emphasizing the spirit of truth he says whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him he says but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and he shall be in you are you there? He says that the Spirit of God shall be in you. This is Jesus speaking. And he said, and I will not leave you comfortless. Another translation says, I will not leave you an orphan. I will not leave you orphans. He says, I will come to you. He says, I will come to you yet a little while. And the world seeth me no more. But ye see me because I live. Ye shall live also. 20. He says, and that day ye shall know that I am in my Father. And ye are in me, and I am in you. Do you see that? Let's now break these verses a little. Jesus saying, I will give you another comforter. The word another is allos. This basically means something that can serve in the stead of another. Are you with me? So when another is being used, what this will mean is that the spirit that Jesus was sending all right it was a spirit that could function in his stead it was a spirit that could function in his stead praise the lord it was a spirit that could function in his stead praise jesus christ so when jesus was saying um when jesus was saying that the spirit is going to another comforter is going to come it meant that he was a comforter all right he came for our comfort However, the spirit that is also going to come, this spirit is going to serve as another comfort. He's going to serve in the stead of Jesus. That is why Paul in Philippians 1.19 called him the spirit of Jesus Christ. Because everything that Jesus could have done, he was going to do it by the spirit. Are you with me? Are you with me? Everything Jesus was going to do, he was going to do it by the Spirit. He was going to do it by the Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. So you see, even everything that Jesus did 
by the magnificent power. He did it by the Spirit. Because if you look at Isaiah, you see prophesying where he said that the Spirit of God is upon me. The Spirit of God is upon me for he hath anointed me. So you see, Jesus is saying that um, the Spirit of God is upon me. For he had anointed me, Luke chapter 14 verse 18. Jesus is quoting Isaiah. And he said that the Spirit of God is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of the signs to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's for Luke 4, 18 and 19. So Jesus, in saying these things, what exactly Jesus was saying is, the Spirit of God is upon me because he had anointed me. So the Spirit of God upon Jesus was the ability it was the commissioning by which he did the things he did praise jesus christ the spirit of god was the commissioning by which he did the things that he did so which further buttresses my point that the spirit upon was was always tied to an action because the spirit upon was for the sake of ministry praise jesus christ the spirit upon was for the sake of ministry Thank you, blessed Jesus. So we read on. Jesus was speaking and Jesus said that, and let me further emphasize what Jesus said in John chapter 14. Can you hear me? Let me further emphasize what Jesus said in John chapter 14. This is Jesus speaking now. And Jesus said, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. That's 18. He said, I will come to you. He said, yet a little while, the world will not see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. The latter part of verse 20 now says, you will know that I am in the Father, and the Father and you are in me, and I am in you. How was Jesus going to be in us? Or how is Jesus going to be in us? Jesus is in us. Not going to be now, he is in us. Jesus is going to be in us. How? By the Spirit. Jesus is going to be in us by the Spirit. Jesus, so the Spirit within us is the ministry of Jesus today. Let me say that again. The Spirit in the heart of the believer is the ministry of Jesus today. The Spirit in the heart of the believer is the ministry of Jesus today. So that is why exactly like I said in Philippians 1.19 that Paul called him the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Um, the ministry of the Spirit the ministry of the spirit is the spirit or is the ministry of jesus today first corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. first corinthians 3 16. he says know ye not that you are the temple of god and that the spirit of god dwelleth in you child of god the spirit of god dwells in you the spirit of god dwells in you listen when you show up god has shown up everything that jesus could could turn every impossible situation that jesus could turn around he turned it around by the spirit so also child of god the same spirit is at work in you when you confront an impossible situation you can turn it around by that same spirit but let me move on Paul was speaking and he said, Know ye not that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Listen, say it after me. The Spirit of God dwells in me. The Spirit of God dwells in me. 
And now, you see, Paul is speaking about this in verse 16. He says, no, you know that the Spirit of God dwells in you. He was using this as, you know, um, on the platform of NIN, where we have these Sunday teachings that we do. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go further on things like this in our next teaching series. You know, I'm going to go further on things like this. But one thing you need to understand is this. When Paul gave new creation realities, he gave responsibilities that followed them. So when a man understands that his body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, he does not just understand that his body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He knows that because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, there is a certain way I act. So every new creation reality has a corresponding responsibility that follows it. So Paul is saying that because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, you cannot live the way you like. And can I tell you something? You know, there's a blog post we're going to release on the website of NIM very soon. And it is something that I titled Apostolic Pattern. If you emphasize, if you, if you focus your mind on this truth long enough, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, you will realize that every character flaw, everything that battles with your consecration will drop naturally. Because it is true. Because it is true. You will superimpose this reality upon yourself. That's 1 Corinthians 3.16. You know, Paul was using that to teach and he said, Know ye not. Go to um, Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 4 from verse 6. Galatians chapter 4 from verse 6. Praise God. This is Paul speaking, and he said, be, and because, if I let's read, let's read from verse 5. He said, to redeem them who are under the law, that we may receive the adoption of the sons. Look at verse 6. He says, and because ye are sons, God had sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart. Woo! Crying, Abba, Father. So listen. The spirit by which you are adopted, the spirit by which you are called into the, the commonwealth of Israel is the spirit within. Let me say that. The spirit by which you are called into the commonwealth of Israel is the spirit within. Now, that is why Paul said in Romans that the spirit beareth witness with your spirit that you are sons of God. The spirit beareth witness with your spirit that you are sons of God. Praise the Lord. The spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are sons of God. So it is the spirit in our heart that cries Abba Father. Hallelujah. It is the spirit in our heart. It is the spirit. It is by the spirit that we know that we are sons. You see, you know, my pastor said something amazing. He said, it, you know, he painted a picture and I'm going to paraphrase. It is beautiful that Jesus rose from the dead. It is amazing that Jesus rose from the dead. But what is even much more amazing is that the spirit of God lives in the heart of the believer. The believer is a wonder. Let me say that again. The believer is a wonder. The believer is a wonder. The believer is a wonder because the spirit, how can God dwell in the heart of mortal man? How can immortality step into the heart of mortality, change his desires? For you see, when we believe, we did not believe an empty message. We are called from death to life. And the proof of that calling from death to life is the spirit within. Is the spirit within. Hallelujah. The proof of that call from death to life 
is the spirit within. Is the spirit within. We have the spirit within. We have the spirit within. We have the spirit within. You see, the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 from verse 9. Romans chapter 8 from verse 9. Look at what Paul said. He said, But ye are not in the flesh, ye are in the spirit. He said, If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now he's saying, You are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit. If the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, what Paul is trying to say here is, Paul is not trying to say, um, if you walk in the flesh, then uh, the Spirit of God dwells in you. No, 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 no. What Paul was trying to say here is this. He, this if is by, in the, theologians call it the if of first condition. The if of first condition. All right. So theologians call it that. And by theologians calling it that, Paul said, this is an if that was more used to prove a point first. This is an if that was more used to prove a point rather than an if that was used for condition. And that's what I mean by the if of first condition. This if was used to prove a point rather than used to um, prove a condition. Alright? Rather than used to mistake a condition. So if I say, um, if you have male organs, then you are a man. It is the same way that Paul was saying that if you walk in the flesh, if you walk not in the flesh but in the spirit, then the spirit of God dwells in you. You see, when I look at the epistles, I see the audacity by which Paul spoke. It shows that Paul trusted the word of God. Even when he spoke to a church that had character flaws, he still spoke to them about their realities. He still spoke to them about their realities. Not their failings or their flaws, but about who they were. And Paul now even went further to make bold to say that if they did not walk in line with these realities, it meant that they were not saved. Praise God. That was some boldness. That was some boldness. That was some boldness. Ale kushabani. Elimi samakunamai. The nations are open to the gospel. The nations are open to the gospel. This message will reach distant shores. It will reach millions yet untold. It will reach distant shores. In the name of Jesus. So you see Paul saying that He said but you are not in the flesh But you are in the spirit If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you So because the spirit of God dwells in us We don't walk in the flesh We walk in the spirit Now look at what Paul says Now if any man hath not the spirit of Christ He is none of his are you seeing this? If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So Paul was speaking boldly that if any man does not have the spirit of God, he is not a believer. He is not a believer. Anybody who has the spirit of God is a believer. And what Paul was speaking of here was the spirit within. So whenever you see Paul alluding to the spirit within, he was not talking of the spirit to do. He was talking of the spirit as a being in the heart of a believer. And what do I mean by that? I mean this, that the spirit within, in the heart of a believer, the spirit within, in the heart of a believer, is proof that the believer is saved. So the spirit within pointed to salvation. The spirit upon pointed to ministry. Praise God. 
The spirit within pointed to salvation. The spirit upon pointed to ministry. You see, when Jesus said that you may know that I'm in the Father, that you know that I am in the Father, you are in me and I in you. What he meant was that you will know that you are mine and you are mine and I am yours. And that was identification. And what he meant by that was that you will know of whose you are. And that was salvation. That was salvation. Praise Jesus. That was salvation. So child of God, when the spirit upon is being spoken of, he's talking of the spirit of God for ministry. When the spirit within is being spoken of, he's speaking of the spirit of God as identification in salvation. Because the combination of all Jesus can be said to have done is the spirit within. That's why you see Peter said that the spirit of God shared that which you now see and hear. So Paul is saying that, Peter was saying in Acts 2, that these tongues you see us speaking, it is by the spirit of God that Jesus, it is made available by the spirit of God that Jesus shed upon us. Hallelujah. 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 So we go to, I'm going closer to the crux of my message now. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 13. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 13. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 13. I hope you are opening your Bible. And you are taking notes. Look at this. It says, Then Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him, speaking of David, in the midst of the brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. The Spirit of God came upon David because Samuel anointed him. Now, you see, men were anointed into offices. The priests, the prophets, and the kings. This, they are biblical precedences for this. The priests, the prophets, and the kings were anointed for ministry. And this anointing or the oil that was poured upon them through the horn was not just oil like perfume. No, 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 no. The the oil, the anointing oil was actually as a sign to separate these men into the office. So basically, the anointing oil was used to separate men into their office. So it, it was anointed, the king oil was poured upon him to separate him into the office. The priest oil was poured upon him to separate him into the office. The prophet oil was poured upon him to separate him into the office. These men, oil came upon them to separate them into, into the particular office that they functioned in. Oil came upon them to separate them into the particular office that they came that they were that they functioned in. But can I tell you something? If there's one thing we learn about God, is God does not just send a man, God enables men. If the Lord is sending a man to undertake a task, the Lord is going to enable that man to undertake that task. So when the Lord separated these men for the particular work that he called them to do, what that meant was, in as much as he separated them for a work, he enabled them for that work. So the king, the priest, and the prophet were enabled. The oil was just a, a symbol of what was coming upon them. So he says that the oil was poured upon David and then the Spirit of God came upon him from that day forward. The Spirit of God makes the difference in the life of men. But look at what the Bible says. Now, if we see this, the Spirit of God, oil came upon these guys and they were separated. Can I say that? Oil came upon these men. Oil came upon these men and the Spirit of God came upon. But look at this. Look at this in 2nd 
Second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one. Verse twenty one. He says, now he which established us with you is in Christ and had anointed us is God. Child of God, I am anointed. I am anointed. The oil came upon men for them to be separated. The spirit is in me. That is why I am separated unto his use. Can I say that again? The oil came upon men for them to be separated. The spirit is in me, so I am separated. So, what does that mean? By the same spirit by which you identify with Christ is the same spirit. Let me say that. By the same spirit by which you identify with Christ is the same spirit by which you not just identify with Christ, but by the same spirit by which you do the things he has told you to do. It is by the same spirit that you identify with him that is the same spirit you do the things that he has told you to do. It is by the same spirit that he, you identify with him that you do the things that he has told you to do. Bless the name of the Lord. So men were anointed and they were separated. But he has anointed us. I am anointed. He has separated me unto his use. I am anointed. He has separated me unto his use. I am anointed. I'm separated to the use of the Father. How? By the spirit within. By the spirit within. So let me re-emphasize something I said before I go to my final point. Revelation is the primary language of the New Testament. That is why they, when they said the spirit within, they were not just talking about things that can be seen. They were talking of an identification they knew by the revelation of Christ. But when they said the spirit upon, they were speaking about the things that they did. The things that people could do because the spirit came upon them. Praise the Lord. So you see, which is the same thing Jesus said when he was quoting Isaiah. He said, the spirit of God is upon me. So everything that you see Jesus doing in his earthly ministry, it was, it was done because the spirit of God was upon him. Hey, the spirit of God is within me and the spirit of God is upon me. The spirit of God is within me and the spirit of God is upon me. Listen, in... Um, in in Mark, Mark chapter 16, Jesus commissioned us. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, cast out devils. Woo! He said, cast out devils. That is a commissioning. So it means that by the same spirit we did, there's ability upon for you to do. Glory. Hey, there's ability upon me for me to do. There's ability upon me for me to do. There's ability upon me for me to do. Glory. There's ability upon me for me to do. I'm anointed. I'm separated unto his use. There's ability upon you for you to do. Now, Ephesians chapter 5. Or before we even go to Ephesians chapter 5, turn your Bible with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Go to verse 8. Go to verse 31, sorry. Are you there? He says, He says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaking where they assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Listen, when the Spirit of God was upon, when the Spirit of God came upon them, 
they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and the word of God was spoken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost when the Spirit of God came upon them, sorry. They were filled with the Holy Ghost when the Spirit of God came upon them. The Spirit of God came upon them so they were able to, they were filled. Now, I mean, when you look at, um, when you look at uh, verse 2, Acts chapter 2, it says they were filled. You look at Acts chapter 4, what were they filled with again? It is simple. When you look at the word filled, the better word here is not like, you know, the believer is a cup. There's a level. There's another level. That's not a better description. The better description of the word filled in, used in verse 31, the, the Greek word used there is pletho or pletho. And what that means is to influence, to imbue, to influence. So what this will mean for the believer is this, that child of God, um, when they prayed, they stirred up the influence of the Spirit. Remember, in the Old Testament, the Spirit upon, the Spirit of God came upon men. I mean, you read in Chronicles, when um, Hezekiah puts the letter of the kings before the temple, when he put the letter of the kings before the temple, that the Spirit of God, um, when he put the letter of the kings before the temple, that the Spirit of God came upon somebody and he began to prophesy. So the Spirit of God stirred men from the outside to the in. But child of God, you have the Spirit of God within. So the Spirit of God is stirred on your inside from the inside out. Are you with me? From the inside out. That is why the gifts of the Spirit can be at your disposal. You can choose to bless people by the gift of the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit of God is on your inside and God is always on. God is always willing to bless people. God is always on. God is always willing to bless people. God is always on. God is always willing to bless people. The Spirit of God is within you. The Spirit of God is within you. God is always on. God is always, listen, you owe everybody you meet edifying by the Spirit of God. How? By the Spirit within. You can choose to, that's why the Bible says that the, the gifts of the Spirit are given for your profiting. I think it's um, 1 Corinthians 12, 8, I believe. It says it's given for every man to profit with all. It's given for every man to profit with all. By the same spirit by which you identify is the same spirit by which you can do. That's why the Bible says in Philippians 2.13 that it is he that works in you both to will and to do. It's not just he that works in you to will. That willing, you can will because you are identified with the Father. But you can do because the spirit is also within you and can be upon you. Ah, yeah, praise God. You don't just want to do by the Spirit. You can do by the Spirit. Your heart has not just been changed by the Spirit. Your heart has been changed to act by that same Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5. We see in Acts that they were filled. But look at Ephesians chapter 5. From verse 19. It says, Speaking to yourselves in Psalms, hymns spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the lord or let me read from verse 18 rather he said and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess so he's not saying don't be drunk with wine in excess that's not what he's saying he's saying don't be drunk with wine because in being drunk with wine that's where excess is in being drunk with wine that's where excess is but he said, but be filled with the Spirit. Oh, be filled with the Spirit. Can I tell you what this means? What this means is being filled with the Spirit is the believer's responsibility. 
Being filled with the Spirit is the believer's responsibility. It is the believer's responsibility to be filled with the Spirit. It is the believer's responsibility to be filled with the Spirit. Let me say that again. And what does, in fact, let me exchange the word filled for influence. How influenced you are by the Spirit is left on you. It is your responsibility. So that is why the Bible says, um, that's why the Bible says, he compares it with wine. He compares it with wine. Because, I mean, you cannot see a cup of wine and say, oh, I want to be drunk. I want to be drunk. I want, no, you can't say that. You keep drinking it. You will take the wine and be drinking it. You will take the wine and be drinking it. You know, you will keep drinking it. Now, what that will mean is this. That it is the believer's responsibility to determine how influenced by the Spirit he will be. It is the believer's responsibility that we it is the believer's responsibility rather that would determine how influ how how filled by the spirit he will be is the believer's responsibility so you will not just look at wine and be saying i want to be drunk i want to be drunk no you drink it it's the same way that you don't just say oh i want to be influenced by the spirit no the bible says they prayed and as they prayed they were filled by the spirit so what you do you you have the ability to if to steer the influence of the spirit within you don't wait for the influence of the spirit to come from outside to steer you up no you stir up that influence from the inside out because that influence is ever present listen child of god you can live high you can live, you can live high. You can live in the Holy Ghost. You can live where everything around you does not get inside you. How? Because the spirit within. Because of the spirit within. You can stir up that influence. And the influence will be so real that the things around you will not matter. You see, just like the way a man, that's why you don't say, fill my cup, Lord. No! He has filled, you have the spirit. You are the one that will not stir that feeling. You will stir that influence from within. You will not say, Holy Ghost, feel me. I want to be drunk with you. You are the one that will stay it. You are the one that will induce that drunkenness. You know, when you go in tongues 30 minutes, you go one hour. You go one hour 30 minutes. You go two hours. You go two hours 30 minutes. By the third hour, you have entered God. You have climbed. You know, there's a slang by my friend. You have entered a geze. You have entered. You have entered the point where, as you are, the, the, the spirit of God has been stirred within. Everything around you just seems immaterial because you are more conscious of the spirit within. You are more conscious of the spirit within. You are more conscious of the spirit within. Let me show you something. Listen. Listen. Ha. You see, there's a point where a man keeps drinking wine. He takes wine. He takes one cup, he takes two cups, he takes three cups, he takes four, he takes five, he takes six bottles, he takes seven. You know, at that point, based on stamina, you know, there is a way, of course, some of you know what I'm talking about, praise God. There is a way that as he's taking it, as he's taking it, there's a point he's taking wine. Then there's another point where the wine has taken him. There's a point where he's taking wine, and then there's another point when the wine has taken the man. Hallelujah. There's a point where the man is taking wine, and there's a point where the wine is taking the man. Have you got into the place of prayer depressed? And then as you began to pray, you began to look for the depression. You didn't find it. You went into the place of prayer with worry, and you began to look for the worry. You couldn't find it. Why? It's because at that point, you, 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 you came in, you were drinking. There's a point where you started the prayer. You were drinking. You were taking wine. And then towards that point, wine took you. 
So when we pray, what we do is we stand the influence of the spirit within. If you are going, you are not going to maximize your God life without prayer. And can I say this? It's not just prayer without praying for long. You are not going to maximize your God life without prayer. And it's not just prayer. It's, you are not going to maximize your God life without praying for long. For long. You will take from within. You will take the reality of the spirit within. You will take the reality of the spirit within. The reality of the spirit by which you are identified with Christ. And you will put it upon. You will take that, that identification and change it to action. You will take that thing that is potential on the inside and make it kinetic. Are you with me? You will take the potential inside and make it kinetic. Child of God, as you are, you can see visions. You just haven't. You can give everybody in this world a word of knowledge without knowing them. And you just haven't. There is the reality of the spirit within. And when you take from within and you put upon, what you are doing is this. You are making legal what is already, you are making vital what is already legal. God is at work within me. He will not fail. Hey, so when we say take from within and put upon, when we say take from within and put upon, what we mean is carry that thing that is inside, the reality of the spirit within, and bring it into action. Take from within. Take that thing which is which is legal and make it vital. That is what some people call grace. Alright? It is God's ability to do. Take it from inside and put it upon. Take it from inside and put it upon. Steer the influence of the spirit. Take from inside and steer it. Steer it. Steer it. Steer the influence of the Holy Ghost. Steer the influence of power on your inside. Child of God, you can heal the sick. You can raise the dead. You can do the impossible. Anything Jesus could have done when he was on earth, you can do it. Everything Jesus could have done when he was on earth, you can do it. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, there's a Peter being filled with the Spirit. He began to speak to these men. This was the same Peter that was bold. But something had happened. The influence of the Spirit inside had been stirred. Hey, when you stare God, when you stare the reality of inside, when you stare the reality of this God on the inside, when you are looking at situations, you are not looking at them from how difficult they are. You are looking at it from the standpoint of how powerful, how omnipotent this God within you is. God is not far. God is within you. Elamua. Me to me. The way Elvis and I will speak, what we are saying, you know, when you hit the point and you just realize that God is within me and situations are not difficult, you just say, I come in now. <laughs> Child of God, you can walk on water. Let me say it again. You can walk on water. Everything Jesus did, he did by the Spirit. Everything you can do by God, you can raise the dead. You can cast out devils. You can speak words and the power of God will accomplish them. You can make things happen. You can make things happen. You can make things happen. As a matter of fact, you make things happen when you pray. Can we just do this? In the next four minutes, 
In the next four minutes, in the next four minutes, can we stay that influence? Raka, eliko tobere keteke nike debele kaprodi akata. Zagadagalagadagalagade. Jekete brekete liko tobele keteke yida kabara dagalagada. Regadagalagadagade. Make things happen. Stay the influence of the spirit now. Jekadagalagadi godoboroto kuteke. Alemo kumanante. Izomina kumbra kutele kete kia dagaja. Labidobo zompre gede liga de bega dega dugidigidi. Atototo kutu kuti liba. Jegede bregede lega digo doboroto kope. Bratatatatatatata. Makolo shigede brotokobila bazua. Makili gede beroto kopele medegedi. Zegede bregede belega diga de beredega bidosha. In the name of Jesus. Ah. The power of God is already touching you where you are, touching you where you are, touching you where you are, touching you where you are. Tatala bakonje kidiata, eruba dagia zonte lebero kotozia is already touching you where you are. Maliakos andelebo kusatani is already touching you where you are. Woo! shakabaya is already touching you where you are. Glory. Let me just drop something real quick. The, the person, you know, man of God, I love and honor, Pastor David Ogene Robo. He said, The blessedness of prayer is going to be experienced by those who pray consistently. The blessedness of prayer is going to be experienced by those who pray consistently. That is why, if you're going to enjoy prayer, if you're going to get what prayer truly is, you're going to have to pray consistently. Have prayer times every day. Don't pray once a week. Pray daily. Jesus prayed daily. Jesus prayed daily. Have prayer times where you pray. Stir up that influence within. Carry what is inside for 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 your for your for your identification with Christ and put it upon. Make it for ministry. God has sent us with all the ability, but the child of God who does not pray will never maximize what God has put on his inside. Oh, God is within me and he will not fail. God is within me and he will not fail. God is within me and he will not fail. God is within me and he will not fail. God is within me and he will not fail. Pray in tongues. God is within me and he will not fail. Hallelujah. 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 I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more ministry content, visit niministries.org. God bless you.